What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening from and tuning into. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you, our next to last show, live show for the new year. And uh, I'm, I have a, a dear friend coming on. I, I think you'll really like her. But of course, first we have, as always, our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, uh, which you can always get at everydayawakeningbook.com. And this section is entitled, Our Wounds Are Our Excuse to Hide in Plain Sight. We have a tendency to hold on to our pain. Often we have had a pain for so long that we don't remember what it is like not to have it, and it feels scary to let it go. There is a benefit to holding on to pain that isn't discussed too often. That benefit is how pain gives us the perfect excuse, the perfect excuse not to do something, the perfect excuse not to show up, the perfect excuse not to try. We can use our pain in so many ways. We can use it as the reason why not to be vulnerable, or we can use it as the reason to be vulnerable, to transform and change. We use our pain all the time. Usually, we're not even aware of it. It is something that just sits there in the back of our consciousness, and we think we are showing up for others, yet we are just hiding in plain sight. We are present. Yet we are not really present. We are showing up. Yet we are not really showing up. We show up in our wound. 
We may even talk about our wound. In fact, we may wallow in our wound. Yet we are not moving past our wound because to move past our wound is scary. It has been our companion for so many years and has comforted us when we fail. Sometimes old pain keeps us so safe so we don't have to be hurt again. The trouble is that when we just live in our wound, we are not being true to ourselves. We are not being who we really are. We are not living authentically and freshly or in the moment. We are not showing up as our best selves. We use the identity related to old pain to hide from being who we can truly be. And who we truly are is a gift to the world. It is our presence that lights the way for others to see that they can get past their wounds as well, drop their excuses from being, drop their excuses and stop hiding in plain sight too. Can you see where in your life you are hiding in plain sight because of your pain? So, I wrote this section of my book a while ago, and I remember what the uh, what, what what the uh, 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 inspiration for it was. I, I was at a um, a group with with my teacher and mentor, and I went up to him to to discuss something with him um, that wasn't sitting very well with me. And he makes some comment about, well, why are you not showing up? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said to me, you use your pain as an excuse not to show up. And it struck me like boing right here in the middle of my forehead. And it, it really... I don't want to say it stung, but it really affected me on a deep level. Like I had never felt so naked in front of another human being. Like he could see right past all of my masks, all of my, my persona and, and could really see the heart of me. And it was really difficult to sit with it. It was really difficult to acknowledge it and realize that he was absolutely correct. And so I, I, I shared it with someone later on that night and he was like, oh my God, that's true of me too. And then as I kind of discussed it with some people i found out that actually it's true for almost all of us and so i i kind of wrote this section because i realized i had been hiding in plain sight for so many years and i had been using my pain my wound my my trauma as my excuse not to show up, not to be the best that 
I am, not to truly be authentic and vulnerable and present. And it's still a challenge to today. I mean, I, this is such a core thing for me. I'll probably be working with this for the rest of my life. I mean, I'd like to imagine that I'm much better than I used to be. It might be just an illusion. It could be just me fooling myself. But I like to think of I'm much better with it and that I am hiding less, shall we say, in plain sight than than I used to. But I know I, I probably still do. And so to me, this is one of the most vulnerable pieces in my book. And that this is something that, you know, at the time I just had to write about it because it was the only way for me to process it. So I share that with you to learn from me. Is there some wound? Is there some pain? Is there some trauma that's keeping you from showing up truly, authentically, deeply in your life? And if there is, you know, maybe seek help. Work with a professional, a therapist, or a guide, or someone, a shaman who can help you to not to completely let it go, although that would be nice, not to, you know, I, I really don't believe in like, we don't go from zero to 100 overnight, but to work through it, to take some time and just to move through it and understand it and accept it and still show up anyway and still say, yes, uh, this is me. So that's um, the section from my book entitled, Our Wounds Are Our Excuse to Hide in Plain Sight. And that's from my book, Everyday Awakening, which, of course, you can find the listing on Amazon at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. Um, but if you're like myself and and you like to um, support local independent bookstores, please, please uh, uh, ask your independent bookstore to order the book for you. Uh, we're in all the major distributors, so so any any bookstores can get it. Um, and I also want to mention, I haven't really mentioned this before, but, um, uh, you know, my book was a best-selling book in three different categories on Amazon. But I was just in a new book called The Game Changers, Volume 7. And uh, here's my picture all the way in the bottom. And uh, this book became an international bestseller as well as a bestseller. So now I'm a two-time bestselling author and an international bestselling author. And and actually my little section in this book, I've talked about it on the show in the past, but it's kind of me telling my story and why uh, why what I do today is so important. Um and it's kind of a pretty vulnerable piece. You know, I talk about my childhood a little bit and 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 my challenges through life. And so um, it, it, there's 17 other authors here. It's a really great book. You can find it again on Amazon, The Game Changer, Volume 7. Um, so please, and there, there's obviously the six volumes before this. Um, and a lot of my friends and colleagues uh, are in this book who, who wrote and told their story. Um, so if you're looking for some inspiration, if you're looking for... Uh, something that'd be a nice little gift this holiday season. Um, check out the Game Changer as well. Okay, enough of about me. Now it is my pleasure uh, to welcome to the show uh, 
author, fellow author, a photographer, TEDx speaker, fellow talk show host, and professional chef. I think she's the first professional chef I've had on the show, Donna Maltz. Uh, Donna has been an echo entrepreneur since 1980. So she's not new to this, long, long before most people even knew what an echo entrepreneur was. And she's a certified health coach for over a decade. She is a best-selling author whose career has been centered around awakening humanity to live in harmony with Mother Nature by adopting a lifestyle to live, eat, and work like the future matters. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Donna ran the first natural foods bakery and cafe in Alaska for 37 years. During this time, she founded a variety of successful eco-businesses, including the national company Alaska. Uh, which produced the first organic hot cocoa mixes and chocolate syrup in the U.S. Donna resides on now on the big island of Hawaii, which I'd love. Oh, by the way, how's the volcano there? I know it's a lot. And she offers holistic retreats. Her books include Living Like the Future Matters, I Am Living Like the Future Matters, and Conscious Cures, uh, among several others. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Donna. Oh, so great. Thank you for the warm introduction. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, today about what you read that was so awesome besides living, eating and working like the future matters. But I am just so excited to be here. It's been almost a year since we talked about this and to be here airing in my almost hometown. I was born and raised in New Jersey, right across the bridge. So I got uh-huh. something going on, the Jersey, the New York thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, it, it's so awesome now living here on the Big Island, like you say, where Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa are both mm-hmm. going off at the same time. Oh, both of them are going off? Yes. Oh. So rare. And last night um, I went with a friend and we drove up on the Saddle Road mm-hmm. and I took some epic photos, which will be on my Eco-Spired site. But just seeing the lava coming mm-hmm. down, almost hitting the road where we're on, it's just a mile away and they're anticipating it might you know, cut off the road, but you know, yeah, it's cut off the same road before and they just open it up again. It's just like amazing. <laughs> yes. I, I tell you, I, I was in Hawaii for a couple of weeks back in 2006, seven or eight, I forget something like that. So it was a while ago and we stayed mainly in Maui, but we went to the big Island for a weekend and we went to see the lava flows you know, right around, you know, it was still light out, but, you know, went into dusk and evening time. It was such a sight. I had never seen anything like it. It was so beautiful. And and uh, I, I know they say you have to be careful when you're walking across the lava fields because it can be sharp. But it was just so fascinating to me personally to look at like th- this black rock, which is lava, that yeah. like this is how the earth was formed. I mean, it, it's really something to be so in touch with that well you know what i want want to take this back to you what you wrote about pain right and like the earth right now is experiencing the pain in the most unproportionate way Mm. seeing these storms and the climate crisis and we're seeing volcanic eruptions earthquakes typhoons and and this is mother earth's way of responding to the pain of humanity right so that's Mm. where the future matters comes in and at the same time, what you see when this volcano is happening, when you're spiritually awakened, which I like to consider having 
lived on the most spiritual island almost mm. in the world right here that I have absorbed some of Pachamama and Pele's wisdom. The thing that we're experiencing right now when she is having this flow, it's like when a woman has her period, right? She's, mm. Or when we're detoxing. And that's this, that, that gets us down to pain. Right now, I am in the middle of, uh, not in the middle, kind of the beginning of, a, of another uh, detox, right? And what happens when we detox our bodies? The physical thing happens, of course, you know, you might have a different odor, you might get more white thrush on your tongue, you might have, um, you know, these the physical rashes, things that right, are right. apparent. What they, what they call a healing crisis. The healing crisis, but it doesn't have to be a crisis when right, you look right, at right. it differently. It becomes an awakening. But mm. then you get to that layer where you and your you met with that colleague and he addressed you and w the pain of not that the emotional stuff that comes out. Right, right, the right. Emotional okay. stuff that is spewing out of Mother Earth right now as well. Right, right. It's a sense of like revealing who we are. And when I work with my clients, the first thing that we address is that like where do we need to purge what do we need to right. compost that doesn't serve us and where do we need right. to right. nurture what does because pain is just an indication of like we need more balance right. in our lives. we need to shift absolutely okay let's hold it there we got to take our first break um and when we come back let's talk about how did you get into this stuff? I mean, you've been involved with this whole idea of, of natural and organic long before it was popular, long before anyone's ever heard of it. So, so let, let's, let's, you know, when we come back, we'll give our audience a little bit of background about you and then, um, and how did you get from Alaska to Hawaii? It, somehow it seems like everyone I know from like Canada and Alaska and Alaska always end up someplace warm, like Costa Rica or Hawaii. <laughs> so, so we'll take care of that right after the, this break. Okay, Donna. Sounds great. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday here on talkradio.nyc and every Wednesday on KMET in Palm Springs, California. And we'll be right back after this. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you 
on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Donna Maltz, author of the book, Living Like the Future Matters, as, long, as well as many other books. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out. I see on the, the YouTube live, uh, loyal listeners, Patty and Sanaya are joining us today. Thank you for joining us, and I appreciate you sharing the video out. Let us know if you have any questions during the show. All right, Donna. So, how did a girl from Jersey end up in Alaska for 37 years and, and then from there into Hawaii? Uh, I love this question. I'm going to try and keep it short because we got so much to talk about yep. and you can read it in Living Like the Future Matters. Okay. But here, here's what happened. Um, you know, I went to Europe when I was 16. My parents, um, we were, I was kind of an upper middle class Jewish American princess living right outside of Manhattan. And um you know, going to the malls and eating fast food. And this is in the 70s. And um, so when I was 16, I, I, I was going to camp before that. Parents like to ship you off for the summer back then yep. if they could afford it, right? Get yep. rid of the kids. And um, I decided I didn't want to go back to camp. I was, you know, and I they, they found a, a hostel, like, you know, a, a bike riding thing to Europe, and I was really into bike riding. Didn't want to ride my uh, a, a car to, to uh, school because it was polluting. You know, I was already hip to all this when I was young. And so I refused to get my driver's license and the whole nine yards. But then the next thing is I go to Europe where there wasn't a fast food joint or a mall, and, and we were camping. And I was with a bunch of other upper middle class or middle class, upper middle class um, kids from like Scarsdale, New York and Manhattan. And they're all going on this trip and we're camping every night. First spiritual awakening, realizing that the un unattainable, unsustainable American dream was a bunch of BS and that I was changing my ways. And that was it. I, I wanted to. I, you know, I know there's a lot of great things about America, don't get me wrong. But I really felt the earth move when I was there, literally. Carol King, thank you so much. Um, but she made it uh, the earth move whenever you're around, meaning like the earth. And I felt very uh, violated by the way I, my upbringing was. Country club, you know, fancy cars, the fingernails, the beauty parlor, all of these things that I thought that's what I was supposed to do. when I And I didn't want any of it. I wanted to camp outside. So actually that's what I did. 
I camped outside when I told my parents I wouldn't get out of my room. I was wearing an Alcatraz shirt in my bedroom for three days before I came out, I came out of my room. They had to slide food to me, and I said to them, look, until I can move outside uh, and camp under the stars, I'm not coming back in the house. That was number one condition. Number two is I wanted to plant a garden. Remember, I'm 16 years old, so we need to listen to our youth. They're very smart. I'm, I'm very, very in tune with the youth because they, they know what they want. So anyway, I broke out, um, I got both of those things accomplished. I went to very alternative progressive colleges and I basically my degree was in social ecology. It took me six years to get it. I was organic farming along the way. And back in the late seventies, early eighties, organic farming was just coming into its own. Mm-hmm. And, and basically they gave me the degree in, in, in social ecology, but I was learning how to be a soul to soul entrepreneur at the same time. I was learning how to be an organic farmer, a steward of the land. I was studying ecology and the relationship between the uh, the food we eat and how it affects the earth. And a lot of the study was me digging in because I had all these independent things, looking at what was going on in our watershed, looking what was going in in the atmosphere. Look what was happening to our bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, people weren't even taking into consideration that it, the agricultural industry that goes into making packaging materials, boxes, they're mm-hmm. fossil fuels, they're pumping it out of these oil fields right. to make this plastic packaging. So it wasn't just the food we were eating, it was this processed food that we we're eating, the packaging food, the amount of chemicals that were going into um, the ecosystems. You know, what you're talking about reminds me a, a, a long time ago. I can't remember when. I, I remember someone shared a link with me of this animation of this video online called The Story of Stuff. Sure. And it kind of showed how, like, you know, we have this very tiny perspective of this thing we yeah. buy in a store, and there's such this wider thing of the packaging, what happens, what gets done to create it, what happens at, when we throw right. it out, and how it impacts the environment. And I just remember it was such an impactful video. I loved it. I don't know if it's still there or not. Oh, yeah. The story of stuff is bigger and better than ever. ever. Annie Lampert, I think, was the woman who started right. that first animation. And um, she, that really kicked my butt to get into gear um even in, i think it was 2007 maybe that first came out it's in my mm-hmm. book actually and it's one of the resources in my book the story of stuff i'm so glad you brought that up mm-hmm. because that in, in like 20 minutes that just pretty much sums it up so people watch that video it, it's fantastic so um yeah I, I i so how did you get to alaska why alaska well when i gra- i finally graduated college and when i was 25 at the time, I had an organic farm with my uh, pseudo husband. We got married in the barn under with no no religious or no you know minister. Mm-hmm. We didn't sign any papers, but we had a big barn wedding mm-hmm. and with goats in the barn and about a hundred people. And then uh, we decided before we went back to Maine, the East Coast, we were thinking we were going to move to Maine um, and start a like Ellen and Helen and Scott Nearing the Good Life who are another people that I write about in my book, but Helen Scott Nearing, they, they're just, were incredible role models for me and my, my, my first love. And, um, but we, but before we went and did that, we wanted to go and see Alaska because we were farming in Olympia, Washington. I graduated um, from Ever, okay. Evergreen State College. So we went to, um, from, from Evergreen State College with a degree in social ecology, a 1972 laundry truck that we converted into a bakery on wheels and a camper. 
And we drove to Alaska, and this is 1982, and I was 24. I arrived in Alaska when, on my 25th birthday. We bought a business license with our last like $50 we had, and we filled the tank of gas with the other 25 for the business license, 25 to get the tank of gas. We literally baked our way to Alaska. We didn't have enough wow. gas money to get where we were going. <laughs> and um, so, so we got to Homer, Alaska, and it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Put it on your bucket list, people. But unfortunately, too many people have found it. And I, I had to leave because it was too crazy busy there, but it's a beautiful place. And that's where I got really in touch with more wilderness, but I'm 25 years old, leaving, leaving Jersey, yeah. leaving, leaving the United States. Basically that's what I wanted to get as far away from this unattainable, unsustainable American dream where I could still speak English because I'm dyslexic and I have a hard time learning new languages, uh, which I'm very proud of being dyslexic and writing, written six books now. So I'm pretty, you can all, we can all overcome those painful things, right? Detoxing right, thoughts, right. getting back to your story in your book, which I loved. So, so what was it about Alaska that got you to stay there for so long? Because I mean, you, you, you seem to love to camping and do stuff outdoors. Alaska, you can't do that most of the year, right? It's pretty cold there. Very, very cold. Um, but there, there were in Homer, there were less than 2000 people. Downtown wasn't even a paved road. Mm. Uh, there were bald eagles greeting us as soon as we came over the ridge. And then I found out oh. it's because there was a landfill there. The oh. eagles love our, they like to, you know, they love that stuff. Um, so anyway, we, um, it, it, it's just, it was so just took my breath away. But one of the main reasons, um, besides the beauty and the wildlife and the clean air and the clean water was the amount of the population density was so nothing like I'd never experienced. There were more moose than people on the state. Mm -hmm. There were only at the time, maybe 300,000 people in the whole state. Wow. And most of them were in Anchorage. There um, and politically, I thought I could make a change here. I wanted to protect the last frontier. Uh, heighten people's awareness to wilderness and do anything I could as a citizen and then maybe get in even into politics. Then I found out how Republican the state was and, mm. and I didn't jive there. But, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're a big fish in, in, a, in a small pond, you know, right, kind of felt right. like that. You, you could be seen, right? Mm. And in... I know a lot of people can relate to this, you know, it's just like, you know, how are you seen? How does it feel to be seen? And what, what do you want to show? And I really, I was a voice for nature and I was living in the heart of nature mm. and people were, you know, heating with wood and hauling water a lot. Um, it was really the last frontier. 1982 in New York City was a whole different place. Yes, and I yes. like to tell people because I grew up in New Jersey, the extreme of being in Manhattan and, and just Jersey and all of that intensity. Yeah, yeah. And, and very industrial, very built up, very, very polluted. Magnificent. Yeah. But very, very polluted. But 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 the reason why I, someone like me could thrive, or other people who came from these big metropolitan areas, is because it's just as intense in a different way. I mean, it's dark mm -hmm. all day in the winter, light all night, and in, in the summer, you know, the city that never sleeps, 
the, the different kinds, the northern lights instead of the city lights. Uh, there are a lot of interesting parallels. You'd be really surprised. Uh, interesting. Interesting. It was the yeah. extreme that I. Yeah, extreme opposite. Extreme opposite. <laughs> got it. Got it. All right. We got to take our next break. When we come back, I want to find out how did you end up in Hawaii from Alaska? Talk about extremes, going from one extreme to another. And then let's talk about, you know, soil to soul principles and and what does it mean to really understand and live with the soil and how important it is okay so everyone please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour weakening humanity we're speaking this hour with donna maltz author of the book living like the future matters and we'll be right back in just a moment It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Conversation around racism. Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Um, so, Donna, uh, you spent 37 years in Alaska, is that correct? Yeah, 37. And, and actually, the last uh, 20 of those years, you know, a lot of people's careers, right, are 17, 20 years. But mm-hmm. I was coming back and forth to Hawaii because it's uh, kind of like the Florida of New York, right? New York and Florida, uh, everybody, the Chicago yeah. plane. So that was the closest warm place and also the most beautiful place next to Homer, Alaska. And so I was coming here and in 2004, we 
we actually bought a, a home, a small house here, and I was doing the um, snowbird thing. Homeschooled uh, our son, and so I was building a tribe and a family here on the. Uh, so, so it wasn't an an abrupt change. It was something that had been building for a while. Yeah, which I like to think of as a good way to detox too, right? Getting yeah. back to detoxing, like just you know, you know, and and so yeah, we we uh, I I had. Uh, Fallen in and had a miscarriage before my first son was born uh, 30 years ago. And uh, it, it affected my spine. And, you know, I was cold all the time. And even in my bakery, uh, in my cafe, which was the first natural foods bakery, and we were serving organic local food in the 1980s, believe it or not. Wow. Um, we, uh, you know, it was very, really hard on me, the winters especially, and even the summers, you know, you guys, summer here is like, you know, <laughs> hot day is 70 degrees, and here I, I am so much healthier. So every time we go to Hawaii, that pain, like you speak about, that physical pain would go away. And when the physical pain goes away, you know, mentally, you lose that fog brain, you're, you're, you feel right, You feel so much better, you're, you're able to be more present, more focused. Yeah. Um, was was it difficult to let go of Alaska after so many years, or were you ready for the change to to completely move to Hawaii? Uh, I was ready to completely move, and and here's why: because just like you and I were talking earlier, like about death and dying and all that, you never let go of something that you love. Mm -hmm. And so that part of me is so alive, so alive that it's you know I wrote I, my book is a lot uh, about my journey, mm -hmm. but anytime. Um, I want to transport or to bring any of those feelings or emotions, you know, and we still have friends who come visit us. Um, it's a beautiful thing to keep beautiful things alive and to be able to bury, like I said er earlier, compost what doesn't serve us and nourish what does. Mm -hmm. And the cold weather and the politics in Alaska were getting very disjointed. Um, you know, I like diversity in the environment yeah. in the ecosystem in the population is one of the things i loved about new york yes and um you know it was it, it was being very homogenized like a lot of like the yeah. division that we're seeing mm -hmm. and here in hawaii i'm a minority and i love it <laughs> so. yeah i often say to people you know when i go to a meeting or something if everybody is is all caucasian i don't feel comfortable because i grew up in the bronx and i'm used to having all different shapes and colors and sizes and ethnic backgrounds all around me ever since you know high school early high school junior high school you know i was just used to it and and so when i go to a place and there's not diversity mm -hmm. it actually feels uncomfortable to me and that's what's happening to the earth, like coming back to not living like the future matters. When you have that, the only time you have a healthy ecosystem is when there is diversity, when there is that biodiversity. And otherwise, you you have constant ravaging happening and conflict and people competing rather than co-creating and collaborating. And so, you know, when when you kind of asked earlier, you know, like wh what I do or why I do this is because I'm a voice for nature. I learned this. Everything that we're talking about, all we have to do, like Buddha did, is sit under a tree and you'll see and you'll feel if you take the time to observe and to watch around you. 
even in a tree, it has a whole ecosystem. You can be walking. I, I mean, I used to love Central Park. Yes. I, I, well, I would go to Manhattan and I, I, I can't tell you how many times I walked through that park when I was, you know, as a teenager and felt safe back then. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, they did. I mean, I know most people listening to that know that, that that's a man-made park. That whole thing yeah. was created um, and it is, has one of the most prolific bird migration in the world right through mm -hmm. Central Park. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't even know that, that, how amazing, how genius and how different the world would be if we put parks like that everywhere now and we cleaned um, up the parking lots and we stopped paving paradise. Yes, right? yes, yes, absolutely. Stop putting up those malls and let, let's create more natural spaces. And, and so that's a that. lot of what your work is, right? It's helping people to reconnect to the soil, to reconnect yes. to nature. Uh, I, I mean, things have changed a lot over the last 30, 40 years. Do, do you find people are truly ready to reconnect to nature? Are, are people much more open to these kinds of conversations compared to 30 years ago? This is a, like a gigantic question because we're going on almost 8 billion people in the world. So yeah. I would say there's a very, very beautiful growing trend, just like the background behind you and even mine, you know, they're radiating out, radiating out and doing a show like what you're doing, helping people find their consciousness. My show, A Dose of Positivity, we are having an impact and we, it's, it's really in my world, the world that I live in, we're all doing it. Because mm. the it's, it's kind of like this ecosystem, and so what I do is that I inspire people like a pebble in a still pond to mm. radiate that out. And so there's this energy, there's this wave of consciousness, and miracles are happening every day. And I see even in the inner cities, people putting in vertical gardens, rooftop gardens, there people are, you know, banning styrofoam, it's about freaking time, yeah. you know, whatever it is, but there's, we don't, we, we each day taking it off the superficial level and bringing it to a more spiritual, a more balanced, a more awakened level. Like I always give the example of my living like the future matters when I eat it, drink out of my, my tea cup or my coffee cup has my name on it even was made by one of my customers in Alaska oh. almost 40 years ago, 36 years ago. He made this cup, one for me and my husband has a little chip on it even. Am I, and I'm drinking organic fair trade coffee right now out of it. Or am I going to Starbucks or some other place and drinking non-organic coffee in a paper cup with a plastic lid? What, how am I, it, which waves am I living like? Just every step of the way, is this a soul to soul relationship? Mm. So we, it, it, so when you go into the store and you're buying groceries and you're not shopping on just the four corners, like Michael Pollan recommends us do, right? Which mm -hmm. I agree with. Mm -hmm. And you're going through the aisles and there's boxes and plastic and all this stuff. Say so next time you pick it up, everybody ask him, ask the question, just one question. Is this living like the future matters? That's all you have to do. Mm. Is this living like the future matters? When I do anything, am I eating like the future matters? Am I working like the future matters? Like you said earlier, when you're not being your true self, your authentic self, who are you being? Right. Is this the kind of work you want to do? Is your work contributing to living like the future matters, future generations, making people feel 
their their best selves in your presence. And, and this is probably more important now than it's ever been before. And and uh, I, I've had an, a couple of shows, and I recently had on uh, uh, an author, Daniel Pinchbeck, who talks a lot about the ecological crisis that we're facing and how, you know, it's kind of insane in some ways that we're not responding to climate change. We're not responding to the pollution in the world as, as, as necessarily as, as we, we really could be because this is an existential threat. This is something that, you know, the whole future of, civilization really depends on yet we're treating it like something we don't really have to deal with and we do don't we we're treating it like dirt not soil dirt is dead soil yeah okay and the same thing when with your spirit you know when when you're soulless you're gutless right now we are gutting the soil we have 60 years max of farmable soil left but here's the thing that i think is so important about that is the we you just said we're doing this we're doing that and how are we going to make a difference it's because i'm not doing that i'm not living like that i'm not a a a, a ceo of a corporation or working in a company that's greenwashing i'm not doing that i'm educating so i'm not part of that we and i urge everybody who listening to this if they really want to have an impact in the world don't be part of the we Find a way out of the we and and become a collective of consciousness versus feeling like you're part of the problem. Be part of the what I say, and I coined this word, solution, S-O-U-L. Be a solutionist. A solution is putting duct tape on a kid's mouth, throw them in the closet, they're quiet. (laughs) We want soulful solutions that have long-term effects. Yeah. That are going to have an impact for your children's children's children and like the Iroquois Indians, the seven generations. Mm. We got to think beyond seven generations. Yeah. Uh, Stop putting yourself in that we category. Well, I like to use we because I like to take responsibility because mm-hmm. I feel like if I take responsibility for my part, then I can change my impact. I can change my part. And by changing my part, I'm affecting the whole. Yeah. So I don't look at it as a, as a, oh, I'm part of the problem. No, I'm responsible so that I can make a change and the change I make has an impact. So let's hold it there for the moment. We got to take our last break of the show. So when we come back, let's talk about a little bit more of what can people do today? People living in cities, living in suburbs, or even living in rural areas. What can we do today to make more of an impact? Okay. I love it. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Donna, we've identified the challenge. What do we do about it? I mean, it, this is the thing that I feel like I really want to empower people because sometimes, especially you live in a big city like New York in the middle of Manhattan, or maybe you're in L.A. or Chicago or Miami, you know, what can you do? And, and and even if you're not living in a big city, maybe you're living in a suburb or maybe even a rural area, there's still things that we can all do to live more closely to the soil, aren't there? Oh, my goodness, yes. So um, I'm really glad we're we're closing with this question. This is so important. And I want to go over three things that I can, that, that people can easily um, digest and, and um, the first is personal responsibility and taking care of your health. I can't emphasize this, emphasize this enough because, first of all, we know health is our greatest wealth. And the healthier we are, the clearer our minds are. And then we have the ability and can take the responsibility to get to do everything we're doing. So it starts kind of like at the beginning of our conversation, detoxing. We're all like, this is explosion happening in each and every one of us. Nobody here listening to this program or any of the great shows that you have on, on your show, um, Sam, want uh, the world to collapse. Nobody right. wants an Armageddon, right? Right. So the healthier we are, the more resilient we are, just like everything in nature teaches us. And what does we need in nature? We need clean air, clean water. We need the nutrients. 80% of what keeps this world healthy is the soil and we don't see. It's beneath our feet. Right. It sequesters carbon. It's full of microorganisms that absorb and, and, and take care of nasty bacteria and viruses when it's healthy. Mm-hmm. My book, Conscious Cures, you guys got to read that book. Anyway, um, so health detox get get clear take care of yourself take time for self love self self dignity self care mm-hmm. because you care right. because you are worthy so that's number 1 and that could take a couple of weeks you know you can t- change your whole microbiome biome in 2 or 3 weeks mm-hmm. it's that simple 
it can seem really hard because we of the addiction that we have mm-hmm. to process foods, alcohol, cocaine, sex, whatever your addiction is. Mm-hmm. We all got one. Right. Because we're empty. Because society has told us we're empty and that we need these things that make us unhealthy. Mm. So it's very, very important for all of us to come to terms with that, that, that our self-worth, to come to terms that we are not society, just getting back to your beautiful words earlier, Sam, that we with that pain we're feeling is not getting in touch with us, who we are. So taking care of our health is number one. Number yeah. two is nature, because the closer we get to nature, nice. the closer we get to our true nature. Spending time in nature every day, I don't care if there's a blizzard outside. That's why you bought that $200 Patagonia coat or those boots that you never wear because it's too freaking cold out, even though they're good for below zero, but you don't want to put them on. So many people have a closet full of clothes that they could weatherize themselves to get out in nature and catch a snowflake on their tongue or get out and take a a shower in a a rainstorm if you're in a tropical place like I love to do. I really encourage people not to be afraid of the elements. I mean, don't go out in a hurricane or, you know, cyclone, but experience nature, not occasionally, every day, hug a tree, Mm -hmm. open the window in your house, even if it's cold and let the air come in. And if it's too polluted, then get on a group and a task force that's cleaning up the air in your city and 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 tell them why you're there because you want to be able to open your window participate which brings me to the next thing because nature is the ultimate healer nature is the ultimate teacher because it was here long before humans so it's got some one up on us we think we have one up on nature but guess what the last is community because unity in community builds immunity Mm -hmm. And that brings us back to diversity and to biodiversity and to healthy soil to soul quality inter the interconnection. Like you said, when you go into a meeting, you don't feel comfortable when you're the only white dude in the room. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. If they do, they're sterile and shouldn't be running the meeting Mm -hmm. (laughs) or be, it's that's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we won't get into politics of that. But unity and community builds our immunity. And when you are part of the healthy microbiome in that community, because you've taken the time to take care of your health, you've Mm -hmm. taken your time to get back to nature because the closer we get to nature, the closer we get to our true nature. And then we, because without nature, without a healthy earth, we don't have pandemics. We don't have anything. We don't have food to eat. So. It's so important. And then you do it. You can't do this by by yourself. So that's where the we really powerful comes in. We are making a difference. We are not polluting. We are not the ones responsible for this climate crisis. We are part of unity and community that's going to clean up the mess we made. That is the message. Mm. And it's such a great time to be alive. It is such an opportunity to dig in and go yeah. for it. There's a lot of possibilities, aren't there? Mm, so many. When you're healthy and you understand the, the principles of nature and you have good people to support you and to support other people. And I'm talking intergenerational, right? Right. Intergenerational 
uh, building. Do, do you find kids today are more aware of these kinds of things, maybe more oh, so than even their parents? Absolutely. Yeah, no, my, I, my, you'll see in, in, in uh, everything I sign and everything is like, I, I'm known as Mama Donna. And I have a, a, a big part of my following are people in their early 20s to mid 20s who are just getting out of college, disillusioned, don't want to go into the corporate world. Mm. Um, and they find me and I guide them. And I'm honored to have mentored hundreds of thousands of young people to take charge in their own communities. There's nothing wrong with being in an urban area when you're part of making it a cultural center. It's a renaissance time we're in. And you're cleaning it up and you're part of a team sequestering carbon and creating new central parks in every single city. How epic of an opportunity, especially for these young people who can do this. And the manual work, maybe. Like, I can't do, I'm not as physically fit as I was when I was an organic farmer. But I mean, and so I love firing up people and I like hearing their dreams and I love and just saying, wow, and, and, and suggesting things and, and then them coming back with a better suggestion yeah, and then, agree, because it's their suggestion and their thing. And then they ride with it. And that is there. These kids are the, the it's just, they're not kids. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Unfortunately, Donna, it's been wonderful having you on the show. We're going to have to yeah. leave it there. Um, please let our audience know if they want to get in touch with you, where they can find you, what's your website. And, and, uh, if, I don't know if you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about, but, but why don't you let our audience know where do they, where they find you? Yeah, you guys, I know we got to talk you and me audience, (laughs) but, um, donamultz.com. And I'm sure you have these links somewhere too, but Donna Maltz, and yeah, they'll be in the show notes. DonnaMaltz.com is, and then every Thursday in the afternoon here, seven Eastern time, I do a show called a dose of positivity, where I uh, interview change makers, thought leaders, and health professionals that put social and environmental justice at the forefront of their endeavors. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be interviewing yours truly, Sam here in, um, probably in about four months. So we'll be sure to let your audience know. Yep. And then my books are all available on Amazon, donamaltz.com. But the most exciting thing is I'm a nature photographer. I just launched a new line of my nature photography under Eco-Spired by Nature. Um, Eco-Spired by Nature, and we'll make sure we get that in the show notes. And all the proceeds usually go to protect nature, which I'm pleased wow. about. But right now I have someone working with a company who is struggling with cancer. So I am helping her get get through, get through it, right? And I just appreciate anybody. I, I want to wish everybody a super incredible healthy holiday to remind people instead of wrapping their presents with wrapping paper and bows to get a scarf to get a sarong, use an old, beautiful Aloha shirt and wrap your gifts in that. Because there trees, we don't need to cut trees down to wrap paper that's going into the landfill the next morning. Right, 
Right. Many things like that on our show that I talk about. Wonderful. Wonderful. So everyone tune into Donna's show. It's a wonderful show. I look forward to being on it. Donna, thank you so much uh, for getting up early and taking the time out of your day to come on my show today. Really appreciate it. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in. As always, Patty and Sanaya, I'm sure William is going to get in there sometime soon. Um, And thank you for listening. And just remember, like, we have a whole bevy of other wonderful shows uh, today at 5 o'clock. There's Frank Harrison and his show, Frank About Health. Uh, Tomorrow, of course, we've got Tommy with a show, Philanthropy and Focus, and Steve with a show, Always Friday. And then, of course, Monday evenings, you got to catch Sandra's show, uh, The Edge of Every Day, a wonderful, wonderful show. So thank you all for tuning in. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And and if on any of the major podcasting platforms, if you're listening to the podcast, and please give us a five-star rating. If you haven't rated us, yes, please put a review up there and rate us. Um, we just hit over 10,000 downloads in a month's period of time, which is awesome. We want to keep that growing. Thank you so much. Take care. We will talk to you all next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.